This week on Not Sauce for Work, Mackenzie Rance and John Factory take over for Pease and Terry, who apparently do not know how calendars work. Joined by Eagle at Master Control, today we will talk Brad Tree Living fleecing Bill Zito, the Jays are on fire since the departure of Charlie Montoyo, and some homegrown heroes before jumping into rapid fire. And welcome to the show, everybody. This is a weird intro this time because Pease and Terry aren't here. We have John Factually and Matt McKenzie filling in right now, and they are remote, so they don't have any of my audio cues here, which is wonderful. How's it going, boys? Good, man. Happy to be on the show. This is going to be a, a first for the both of us, so uh, welcome to the ride, people. Yeah, let's go. All any, right. Any fun and exciting stories from your guys' week and everything? Um I know Terry is in the middle of Europe. Pease is not the middle of Europe, more like the West Coast and everything. Any fun adventures in your summer plans? Anything that, that got done? Not well, recently. Go for I it, I mean, uh, it's, they, it sounds like they're having more fun than us. I'm hopefully going to try to get out to England uh, in the fall sometime. But uh, as of right now, I'm just home sweet home. Yeah, I'm same boat. I'm living vicariously through them, so I uh, hope they're having a good time. I got my trip into Italy already this summer, so I'm uh, my budget's tapped out now. So <laughs> what you're saying, actually, technically I was in Europe in May, so we've all done Europe, or at least we will do Europe this year, is what I'm hearing. That's the plan. When you can yes. travel, might as well do it, right? Exactly, yeah. Now now that we're allowed to travel again. Although the airports, I mean, I don't know if I want to try that at this point. That's, that's all fucked right now. Yeah. That's true. I definitely not flying through Pearson anytime soon, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, John, this was a fun experience for you, actually putting together the script for this week and everything. Um, yeah. Just, I was, like, peeling back the curtains on our whole process. Putting this together is very difficult to find topics and everything, and it's actually looking like a pretty good show. Uh, why don't you give us a little rundown in terms of what we're going to be talking about? Sure. So, uh Kudos to Pease. Well, I don't know how you do this every single week. This was uh, way more effort than I expected, but I'm excited for it. Um, so we're going to start things off a little bit of NHL talk. Um, we're going to talk about the Calgary Flames trade with the Florida Panthers. Um, seeing as I'm healing, here in Calgary, it was a, a, a massive deal for the city. Um, I kind of think that they fleeced Florida, but we'll get into that. Um, we'll follow that up with some uh, Blue Jays talk. Uh, kind of speak about the recent heater they're on since Montoya was uh, let go. Uh, during the uh, NHL free agent frenzy, which was uh, a nice little touch by the Blue Jays. Um, and then Matt and I are going to roll out a, a little special segment that we put together ourselves. It's called the Point Clare Parks Program Roll Call. So we'll uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more once we get there. Um, and then we'll finish things off with some rapid fire. So should be a good show. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and with that, I guess it's time for the news. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Is it, though? <laughs> I had to give Pease that one shout-out. Um, so, starting out in Calgary, after losing superstar Johnny Goudreau for nothing, Flames GM Brad, Tre- Brad Treeliving pulls off an absolute blockbuster, sending Matt to Chuck to the Florida Panthers with a fourth-round pick in exchange for Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, a first-round pick, as well as prospect Cole Schwind. 
Matt, let's get some early thoughts from you before I go on an absolute rant. Well, yeah, what a move, eh? I mean, it looked like it looked like everything was going to go downhill with Goudreau leaving for nothing. And if I if the rumors are to be believed, I'm pretty sure for also less money and less term than what Calgary were offering him. Um, so that wasn't a promising start. But then to get a return like they got from from Florida, very very impressive. I mean, they're potentially looking at the same problem next year with 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 Uberdo. But uh, Kachuk had 104 points. Last year, Uberdo had 115, and then don't let it go under the radar. I really, really like Mackenzie Weger. And yeah, like, as, as, a, as a nice, like, middle or maybe even a bottom pairing defense on an elite team, like, Mackenzie Weger is pretty good, man. He was 44 points last year, and I know a lot of people don't look into plus minus. I do. He was plus 40 last year. Always look at plus minus when it benefits you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I love the trade for the Flames. Um, I think that it gives them some options now. I mean, you're, you're going to lose to Chuck, who's going to walk anyway, so you might as well maximize that return. I Maybe it must have been a cap issue. When I first saw this trade, I assumed that it was because Huberto and Weger probably told Bill Zito, like, look, we're probably going to walk and test for agency next year. So that's why Florida went and got the safe option, got a, a top-level player, and, and signed him for long-term. And then I, I'm watching the the uh, the team's press conference kind of introducing the two players and both of them said they're open to signing long-term in Calgary. So, and I, I've heard rumors that the conversations with, Go- uh, with Huberto, excuse me, had started, but they never really gained traction. So I found that a little bit surprising, but I mean, what a haul. And, and it, let's say worst case scenario, your Calgary next season, both players end up walking. At least you've given yourself the opportunity to sign them long-term and you've assumed that risk, but you've gotten a first and a B-level prospect in the process. True. True. So that, yeah, that's right. Like the worst case scenario is you got a first rounder and a B-level prospect. That's right. And at the same point, like, I mean, you, you'd hope that the two guys showing up to the new city aren't, aren't right away like, nah, we're, we're one and out. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's not going to make them a lot of friends right away, but uh, they're saying the right things. But yeah, he bought like the, the Flames organization has bought themselves at least another year in attempt to sign another superstar, which that's it. they weren't going to get. Winning cures everything, right? If they start winning next year and they're in the same situation as they were last year, you know, fighting for the top of the division, why wouldn't both players want to stick around if they can see them themselves as part of that long-term future? Um, and Calgary's kind of, they've, they've done a pretty good job at managing the cap as a team. Like they've got, I think, two players signed long-term past two seasons from now. So you know that you've got the money available to sign these two long-term. If you got to do some cap gymnastics, so be it, they're worth it. But uh, they're in a great spot. I think that their top six looks pretty good now. They probably still want to get like you know another middle six winger to to put in that lineup. But I think the craziest part of this all is that I think if they were to go after Kadri, it's plausible. Like not probable, probably not likely, but it's plausible. Like they've given themselves an opportunity to go after him and round out that top six and actually make themselves a contender now. No, for sure. And that's uh, and like that's really all a GM could do, right? It just give the best possible option for his head coach and his and then the the group of players a chance to to get to that get to the playoffs and and hopefully win the Stanley Cup. I, I mean and and this was honestly just like what a what a turnaround just like the the fact that like Kachuk you knew he wasn't staying and then to be able to get a haul back like this is absolutely yeah. insane. 
I'm, I'm still flabbergasted by that. It's because it's not like they're in a, like a position of power either. <laughs> like they, they, it was like well known that he wanted to leave, and to get this back is absolutely insane. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I agree. And, and at least, and at least, like Uberdo was like used to the cold weather, so maybe he won't yeah. <laughs> uh, take such offense to it like a chuck. But uh... I could tell you, man, Calgary winters aren't nearly as bad as Montreal winters. And and once that Chinook comes down, which is like the heat stream that comes off the mountains every couple uh, once once or twice every every winter, yeah, they'll they'll be all right with that. It's pretty nice. My aunt lives in Calgary though, and she uh, she always tells me there's one random snowstorm every year. Like it's either in June or like. <laughs> not too, but like april and then or really early like in september oh yeah i could see that but then it goes away right so you guys are good yeah we're laughing one <laughs> more thing i do want to say though because i i think a lot of focus was put on huberdo obviously for and justifiably so but when you put Uyghur into that defensive court that they have with sutter and markstrom as kind of like part of that whole defensive tandem and, and game plan strategy now you're looking at rasmus anderson who's probably going to play next to hannafin again they were pretty solid last year as a pairing I would probably keep Chris Tanev, who was low-key their best defenseman on the season last year, next to uh, Shillington, who, you know, had a breakout season playing with him last year. And now you slide in Mackenzie Weger next to Zadorov. That's going to be a... that You're not going to want to play against them. And I think that you'll probably, with the way that Zadorov plays with that stay-at-home, very aggressive, tough-minded defensive mindset, we might see Mackenzie Weger hit this extra, this next gear that no one's seen yet because he has that offensive opportunity to get up ice and he knows that he's got that rock behind him so it's going to be true. fun to watch uh, but he's he's no slouch either like i wouldn't want to go in the corner with no either just 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 ask paul byron how his jaw felt i was gonna say i feel like every house fan remembers that paul byron fight so everyone I knows this guy's what, pretty a, tough. what a good canadian boy eh just he knocks him out and he's just kind of like mm, sorry yeah the head's down like there's there's no there's no like there's no sense of pride. That just feels remorse. But yeah, that's hockey sometimes. That's it. That's it. But you touched on some free agents, and Kadri's not the only one left uh, left on the board here, eh? We still got some big names. Still, like surprisingly, some big names here. Like how he hasn't signed, how Klingberg hasn't signed. Yeah. Like those, those, the three names that I have, the big names left: Kadri, Klingberg. And what about PK, man? Who's who's looking after PK Subban? What, man, what this guy, he, he's, he's living the dream right now this summer, man. He's, he's not on the, uh, the training wagon. He's on the I'm going to party my face off wagon right now. Hey, when you, when, you come, when you come off the contract, he had like, well. Oh, yeah, 100%. If he, if he comes back, it's for fun. Yeah, I would, man, if he signed in Montreal on like a nice little short, low cap hit contract, like if we can make the money work, uh, that would be awesome. He'd take so much of the limelight off of the other players, and yeah. he would thrive off of it because he loves that stuff, so. I think because I think we're going to touch on this a bit later on a, on a recent trade they made, but when you start looking into who is on the right side of defense for Montreal now, now that uh, Petrie's gone, uh, David Savard's your number one on the right side. Yeah, and then and then you got to follow that up with Chris Weidman, who I loved him as a six D last year, but he, you know, that that's where he's got to stay. Yeah, it's. Uh... But yeah, like you're saying, I think it'd be great for the city. If, if PK came in, honestly, for like $1 million one year, what it, what is the harm? Exactly. You'll, you'll make the money back in jersey sales again. It's a win-win for the organization. If he's bad, whatever, it's not it's not a big cap hit. And if he's good, what a surprise. Exactly. If he can find his game in any way, and he's just and like... he loved no matter what. Exactly. And, and there's always going to be that portion of the fan base that's going to absolutely be thrilled because they thought that it was a mistake trading him in the first place, so... Yeah. What's yeah. your downside? Oh, because and that that uh, that little 
pocket was so loud when we then traded Pacioretty. Yeah. Oh, very you know, loud. I mean, there was, I mean, I'm not sure how like confirmed this was, but there's always like the, the, the whispers that it was, it was him and Pacioretty that didn't get, didn't get along. And then uh, when Pacioretty went out too, it's like, oof. They, the, yeah. those people came out in full force, and maybe rightly so. Yeah, they they were holding on to that moment for a while. I, I do want to play devil's advocate for something here about Calgary, right? So Gaudreau and Kachuk both want to leave now. The reasons they've cited are scrutinable, I guess, is the way you can use right. Like they haven't really told us why, even though you can kind of like assume based on reading through the lines and everything. So what it what what's the What's your thoughts towards maybe the organization has a problem in the way they interact with players where even though, okay, great, they just fleece Florida, but all the players are they're going to come in are maybe like, we don't want to play here either long term, right? Because this organization fucking blows or something like what, what, what do you think is the problem with Calgary? Hard for me to speak from like an organizational standpoint. I don't know it, the ins and outs that well. Like obviously everyone in Montreal, like we all follow it to a T. Um, I mean, I will say part of it maybe is the arena is, is, I think it might be the oldest arena in the NHL at this point. If not, it's, it's, it's up there. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, maybe some of the players looking around going like, look at these state of the art facilities that some of these teams get to play in. Like, I don't want to play in that and then have to go through the cold. I mean, Calgary's not as cold as, as some of the other, like, like Montreal specifically as an example, but like, oh man. Yeah. But it's, it's awesome, man. Like, it's not a very big downtown core. Like, you know, you're not going to get the, the Montreal, the Toronto vibes from it. It's a little bit of a slower paced lifestyle, but like, there's just, it's fun. Like if, if you're an outdoorsy person, this is exactly where we want to be. So maybe Huberdeau has been, you know, wanting to get some hikes in or Mackenzie Weger has been that kid, the guy that's gone up to the cottage when he was younger, going to try and bank on that to, to maybe push the city of Calgary on them. But yeah, man, I, like there could be something to be said about maybe you guys don't like playing for Daryl Sutter, but I mean, if the coach is what's making you leave, it's probably not the coach. It's probably you. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that hundred percent. Like for anything, for anything that's going to be said about the, how the organization, uh, the organization is run, like that's purely speculative on our part. But I get, the only thing I can maybe add to the, to your point there is like I feel like there's that like that extra bit of pressure when you're playing a Canadian city because everyone knows who you are, and John, you can probably have a better. Uh, better reflection of this being in Calgary. Is it as crazy or like almost on the same level where like at least like 50% of the population would be able to know who the entire oh, roster is walking? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, okay. it's like, it's, maybe some guys won't like that, you know? It's like this weird mix of like small market, big market kind of combined into one. Like everyone in the city is a fan of the team and it doesn't have the same population density as some of these bigger markets, but it's it's full blown like the whole city gets behind it so it, it you don't get to like live that kind of bit more of a secluded quiet lifestyle which just sound from the sounds of it kind of seems like what maybe Johnny Goudreau was searching a little bit yeah i mean he picked a good place for it <laughs> fair all right moving on um so the blue jays recently fired uh former uh manager charlie montoyo um, they tried to sneak it under the radar during NHL free agency. However, since doing so, the Blue Jays have been on a heater going 7-1, and one, winning six in a row, including a sweep of the Boston Red Sox. I saw the team put up four touchdowns in one game, including this inside-the-park home run. ...in this lineup for the Jays. Rymel Tapia up for the third time. 
Sends a drive to deep center, but it's a perfectly fielded ball it? here. And it's over, way over the head of Durant. <laughs> he never saw it. But then the effort to just look at it. That's so funny. That's every part I can't get over. You know when you've seen defeat in a man? Yeah. I just... That's my, like, my favorite part about, like, when the ball gets lost in the MLB. is like, like, the first clip, the guys look like they know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden, they're just like, nope. And then just like, I hope someone's covering me. <laughs> so I've had, I've had different people tell me different things about what happened here. So obviously, he loses it in the lights, in the sky, whatever it is. But then when he realizes it falls behind him, does he think that it bounced over the fence and therefore it's a dead ball and that's why he gave up on it? Or is it because the the left fielder is running for the ball and is going to get there before he's ever going to get there? Like, like it just it's such a strange play. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how could you have so little effort put into a play? It's, def it's definitely the latter. It's, uh, speaking from experience, like, if you, if you fuck up a play... And like, it's more like a hit to the ego, and you're just like, oh, please cover me. I want this play over and done with. Let's get the next batter up. And uh, that's the look the center fielder gives right there. Like right here. Uh, right he here. is looking over What are you though. doing? He knows the left fielder is <laughs> there. there. I promise you, because you, you need you. Even if a play is straight, the only time there's no cover is when a ball is being ripped down the line. That's what you know as, as an outfielder. If you slip, uh, you do anything stupid, you, you know you need to get there still. But anything in between the lines that would draw two outfielders, you're supposed to cover. You see the aggressiveness of the slide there by the left fielder too? No quitting that guy. Center fielder's mind is in a complete pretzel. Yeah, yeah, he's done so. I, can I hit you with a fun fact on that play? Yes. That is the second time the Blue Jays have ever hit an inside-the-park Grand Slam. The only other time they did it was in 1989 at Fenway Park. I love that. That's amazing. Right? right? I'm not going to say here I was... I knew that off the top of my head. I, I looked it up. But I thought it was a fun fact and thought I brought, had to bring it to the show. Do you I like know it. if the center fielder also had a brain fart in that game, or was it more legitimate than this one was? Sorry, what was that? Do you know if that that one over there was also because of a brain fart by the center fielder, or was it was it more legitimate as in uh, inside the park grand slam? Oh, that was in it was in uh, nineteen eighty nine. Were, were those games televised back then? Uh, it was I'm baseball televised. No, I, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But uh, but we'll we'll get back to the task at hand, and the Jays have turned it around since uh, since the firing of their coach. And I'm very happy that you brought up the fact that they did it on uh, free agent frenzy. That that was very funny. Because I was actually away at a work trip and my, my roommate brought it up and I was like, I, I, I got shocked. I'm like, well, we've, been, we've been shooting back and forth, all the NHL deals going down. And then he just slips in, the Jays fired their coach. And my brain like glitched. I'm like, what? Who are the Jays in the NHL? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I, I guess that's true because they, they did go two and nine over the last 11 before the firing and have gone seven and one since. But like, I mean, it's two, two and nine is not good. Obviously, when you just look at it, but it is baseball. There's a thousand games each season. Like two and nine can be made up very quickly, like the Jays have done right now. And I did, I did like Charlie. I mean, I thought he brought a good energy to the team, but oh well, the organization didn't agree, and they went out. They spent money, and 
at least, at least it looks like they're turning it around now. They do hold the the uh, the top uh, wild card spot as of right now. I know they're playing right now. If they lost and Tampa Bay won, I believe they'd switch. But they're still they're still in a wild card wild card spot right now. And uh, and yeah, I mean, you can touch on this. I feel like this is one of the things that transcends all of sports. Co- uh, teams tend to turn it around when the coach gets fired and replaced with either a new coach or like the Jays are doing right now with John Snyder being the interim coach. Yeah. man. like it, it, there's no, like, I guess cookie cutter answer to this. Like if he lost the locker room, that's a whole different story. I don't know. I, it didn't, it, it didn't appear like it to me at least. Um, this seemed like it was a message from top down kind of being like, Hey, we brought you guys in to do a lot better than this. Like we expect results. We better see them. So I would assume that probably one of those two factored into like this this little push they've got going on right now. I didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't think that that should equate to 28 runs in a game. But I think <laughs> that uh, you know, take it as you can get them. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. That's. Uh, I, I think it'll be a while before we see 28 again. Yeah, I don't doubt that. But I mean, I, I if there's something that's going to get me to watch baseball, it's definitely 28 runs. I I, I remember. I was. I know exactly where I was. I was. It was nine nine. 45 i was at manoir and then Classic. i said i placed the point claire for the listeners that don't know and i was with a buddy and he looked at his phone and he said it's 25 3 in the fifth inning i was like what just happened and then sure oh. enough just like that the game went on the screen and we're like okay it's not a lie it's this is uh, this is real life oh yeah i got off the ice at hockey and everyone's pulling out their phone and someone's like guess the score in the blue jays game and everyone's just throwing out numbers and it's like nope more more yeah. and we're at like 19 at this point and guys like okay come on now like there's nothing he's like no man 28 points and we're like okay well, that's a beat down I, I remember <laughs> yeah, getting the exactly. tsn alert on my phone and i was like did that say argonauts or blue jays like that doesn't make any sense yeah, exactly. right? like, argos are taking on the pats here laying down the smackdown that's it oh that's awesome all right sweet so are you ready to, to hop into the point clear uh, parts program roll call Absolutely. All right. So to give you guys a little bit of a, a quick little introduction, um, it's a little segment Matt and I put together since it's uh, the first time we're working together on a show. We decided let's put something a little bit unique into uh, into your regular uh, programming. Um, so both of us grew up in Point Claire. We went to uh, school together um, and we also took part in uh, this thing called Point Claire Parks Program. Uh, it's like a free drop in program for kids set up at parks around the city. You can go in. They're there from 9.30 to 4.30 every day. You pop in as a kid. You want to go home, play video games. You want to, you go home. But the beauty of the program was everybody that went pretty much stayed all day because they just wanted to be there. Um, so uh, we've had the pleasure of meeting some pretty interesting people over the years. Uh, a lot of athletes, a lot of whatnot, um, playing all over. Um, but one of them being Mikey Matheson, um, Point Clear native homegrown talent, um, somebody, you know, the, everybody who knew him is pretty proud of everybody that knew him knows that this guy deserves everything he's gotten. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to see him back in Montreal. Um, so Matt, I don't know if you want to say a quick two cents and then I'll give a little bit of rundown of, of, you know, Mikey's career up until this point and what got him to Montreal. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to see, uh, you, you love to see the hometown kids come back. And, uh, it was one of those things, you know, how, you know, how when a, a trade happens, whether it's big or small, the first thing you think to do is analyze who won the trade. Yeah. My first reaction was just like, fuck, this is cool. Yeah. 
I, I, I honestly, it could have been anybody on the team. That would have been my first reaction then analyze rather than how we're geared to do here in Montreal is analyze anything first and look at things after. But I just remember being like, man, this is this is really cool to have uh, one of Point Claire's own come back and uh, represent the Habs. This is going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm hoping hoping that things, uh, you know, work out for him in Montreal. I mean, uh, you know, he's coming into a good situation where he can take a, like a good leadership role in the team and, and run with it. Um, I think the best part is that like Hughes, uh, Ken Hughes mentioned in his press conference that he's been following Mikey since his mid to triple A days. Um, so for those that don't know, Mikey played for the lions out here in the West Island. Uh, in his second year, he was captain with some pretty notable, notable names on the team too. At the time, Jonathan Joy was on the team. Anthony Declare was on the team. Uh, and my personal favorite was, uh, Matt McKenzie's very own younger brother, Rob McKenzie, on that roster. So, um, yeah, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. But yeah, no, uh, Mikey's a good kid. Um, I think the fans are going to love him. Uh, I'm glad to see that his games picked back up. He had a little bit of a stumbling block there in Florida. Um, I think part of it's a little bit of high expectations. Um, after his 2016 World Championships, he was named best defenseman in the tournament, named to the All Star team. You know, expectations run rampant. And then, it just didn't seem like he fit well in Kenwell, uh, Quenville's system, excuse me. Um, but he's found his game in Pittsburgh, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does in Montreal. Yeah, no, I mean, this is one of those times, again, where we're definitely biased. We're not holding it back. We're definitely no, biased. But this, definitely this, biased. This one, yeah, we, we're just hoping I, – I hope he becomes a Norris. Like, honestly, like, just please become the best defender in, in, in all of the sport because the whole city has his back especially our little pocket here in Point Claire. Yeah, absolutely. But once you're here, once, Point Claire, once Point Claire, always Point Claire. Yeah. You want to hear uh, what I'm really excited for about this? Uh, his wife, Emily Fowler, played for Team USA in the Olympics on top of U18 and everything and has a gold medal by beating Canada. So can you imagine their kids playing in, like, Point Claire hockey eventually when they, like, grow older and everything? Like, they're just going to dominate. Like, you have two great <laughs> hockey players, and they're just going to wreck everyone around them. That's true. That's a good point. There's going to be a ton of pedigree in that kid. It's going to be a super breed of hockey athlete. Uh, no. So now, now the real question is, which one of us becomes a, a real a real estate agent and gets them to move back to Point Claire for sure? That kid, that kid's got to grow up in Point Claire. Yeah, we got to start a little like uh, not necessarily GoFundMe. We got to start some sort of PSA, yeah. bring Mikey home. But definitely, I mean, that's a long drive. Definitely going to every day for practice and everything. Like that's got to suck. Oh, that's brutal. I used to do it for flag, so I couldn't imagine doing it at like anywhere near rush hour. <laughs> But the good news doesn't stop there for those uh, Point Claire kids. As another one of our own, Archer Brookman just signed his first uh, professional contract with Detroit. It was yeah. uh, it's a it's a really cool deal. He, he, this is a, a, a young guy that uh, I believe both of us had the 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 opportunity to be his leader at this parks program, and uh, I, I I think that's a bigger deal because. He's going to play baseball, and I struck him out once. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to forget the fact he was 12 and I was probably 21. But still a huge deal. Man, kudos. Because So I was going to provide my own little anecdote. Uh, first time I played stickball with, with uh, Archer, same thing. He's, what, 12? I'm 21, 22. So 
you know, I, I'm pitching and, you know, I bring relative heat to all the kids, uh, depending on what age you were, so that you can at least hit the ball. Archer walks up to the plate and I'm like, I know this kid plays baseball. I'm, I'm throwing it as fast as I can at this kid. I'm going to strike him out. First pitch, no doubter, gone over the fence. <laughs> I just walked off the mound. I was like, no, nope, I have no ego left. It's over. I think I think the term relative heat is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that is fantastic. And but, but honestly, though, a big big congrats to him and his whole family. Uh, his younger sister is now a leader. Actually, I saw her the other day. I was very happy to see that. And on a on a serious note, in Archer's last game in college, he hit an absolute fucking bomb. Bomb to left center, I think it was. I know a few of the a few of the guys were there. It was absolutely unreal. My 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 boy Maddie Meek showed me the clip. I was so so proud for him. It's uh, it's 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 a great story. Yeah, happy for him. Hope he makes it. Good good luck, Archer. One last thing I will say: great number. Stick with twenty nine, man. It can't it won't fail you. Keep it going. Um, but I will say so. I, I found a funny clip digging this up on Twitter. I shouldn't not have been trying to strike him out. I should have gone with this strategy. Oh, he, the the clip on Twitter, essentially. Yeah. All right, let me get this, this, this should have been. This is what I should have done to him. <laughs> oh! How did that even happen? Oh my god, that is. Uh... Do you get ejected for doing that if it's accidental? Like, what happens? I, I'm I'm not happy about it. It's funny to watch, but I'm sad. I'm like I, I the last last few times I've seen, I've seen Archer, he's always got a huge smile on his face. So I feel like he's the last person to, that deserves this. But it's, fun. <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's a fun clip now that we know he's okay. Absolutely. And uh, my my last question about that clip is: I wonder who got that and sent that. My John, if you know, don't say anything. My guess, because of what that said, of of uh, it's something along the lines of. Uh, Hey Archer, how does wood taste? My money has to be on Braden Walker. I, I feel that's a very brain thing to say. I, I would put money on that too. I don't actually remember who found that clip, but like you know, I put that in like the the Braden, the uh, like the Josh Callahan kind of all yes. those guys. Someone in that crew definitely found that video and immediately tagged him in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great clip. I love that. But again, bring it back. Let's just say congratulations, Archer. Yeah, Crazy. congrats, Archer. Good luck, man. Um, so yeah, nice little, uh, PCPP roll call. So, uh, without further ado, let's throw it over to the rapid fire. All right. For rapid fire this week, we got five of them and we're going to start with our first one here. Paul Byron helps save a pilot of a crash seaplane on a recent fishing trip. Habs breakaway legend, Paul Byron and crew, family members, etc., caught more than they expected when a seaplane just started sinking and drowning, essentially, where they were fishing, like, it crashed. It's The story of how it actually got in the water is still a little bit strange. But essentially, they had to go save this person who was in their plane. And he actually had to publish a statement about how it wasn't him. It was a bunch of people who basically rescued the pilot. And they're all heroes and the whole stuff. Um, but, yeah, just just a crazy story, eh? Man. Everything about that's wild. Everything about it. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, mean, I, I did a little bit of digging on this. I will say the pilot is uh, in stable condition in the hospital. But, uh, um, man, my first thought was this Serge LaBelle guy must be quick because if you're going to beat Paul Byron to something, you got to be moving. <laughs> if, you're, if you're beating Breakaway Byron to uh, 
to like, you know, the puck or I guess in this case of playing, like you got to be hustling. It's true. I mean, and like, thank you for bringing up that, uh, that he's seems to be doing okay. Cause I, I was chuckling while, uh, while that story was being told because breakaway legend like what what a great thing to just have tagged to your name just breakaway legend love it Good for <laughs> what a hero yeah and i you know i appreciate him throwing out the uh the the credit where it was due um of course but uh you know credit to all of them apparently they all jumped in they all helped out like you know they they all had their own little part in trying to get this guy to safety so um good for them glad to hear he's okay and uh and serge labelle you're you're clearly one fast motherfucker so good for you yeah. <laughs> All right. Our next one. Uh, Bart Scott prefers Jameis Winston over Dak Prescott. Uh, in what could only be deemed a rough week for the guy, Bart Scott proclaims for the world on live television that he would rather Winston over Dak in this particular clip. I would still right now put James. I'd rather have Jameis Winston than I'd rather have Dak Prescott. Because when you look yeah. at Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston was in an imperfect what? situation. Yes, yes. Let that, let that sink in. Let that, let that sink in. Let, 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 let it sink oh in. You, Bart, Listen, come on, man. No, we can't be let, making let, just wild, just, outlandish like like statements. I was, man, I love RG3's reaction to that video. I was just going to say, I, I was trying. I'm not going to lie. I was trying to find, like, how can I come up with, like, worse takes? I really can't find anything. It was like, it's it, what a horrible take. And then I guess the only, the only thing that could have made that better is maybe if Stephen A was on with them as well, because he would have probably had a heart attack. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He he would have straight gone into a fury of rage. Yeah. But you know what? He may have sided with Bart Scott just for the sole fact that Dak's a cowboy. That's true. He would have just true. egged on that entire fan base purposely. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Now I wish he was there even more. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But he uh Bartsko had a pretty bad week for his takes, man. Like I'm not I'm not a Dak fan by any means, but man, Jameis that there's a there's a lot of other quarterbacks. He must have been trying to go for that name to emphasize a point, but man, there there's probably about fourteen names between Dak and Jameis you could have gone with. And the and the best part is he never backed down either. Like he saw oh, no. the reaction and just kind of like holding, holding strong. He could have hit with, okay, maybe not Jameis and gone somewhere else, but he just, he didn't do it. <laughs> like, no. stay, stay, <laughs> stay strong on your point. Could have thrown out that W and started eating it on live TV. <laughs> All right. Next chess robot attacks child in Russia. A child does not be a chess playing robot. The chess playing robot breaks you quite literally. Uh, we actually have the clip of it from this tournament. Essentially, what it's been explained is the kid was playing too fast, and the chess robot grabbed his finger to try and move it as if it was a piece, and ended up getting stuck like this. They couldn't undo it, and it's the kid's fault, according to the chess tournament organizers, because he disrespected the rules of engagement with this robot. I don't know. Man, I never thought I'd see the day where uh, chess needed an injury report. And you know what the best part is? I'm glad. I'm really glad you phrased it that way. I looked up the injury report. Are you ready for this? <laughs> he had a broken finger, but but continued on in the tournament. I saw that. Un- Kudos unreal. to that kid. What? Just this, the heart of this kid to be beaten up by machine and come back even stronger and play in the cast. Doesn't even flinch either. It didn't really seem like there was much panic in like once that robot grabbed his finger, there was a little bit of like a what are you doing? Get off me moment and like trying to get out. But 
there was no arm flailing. There was no like inflatable arm tube man like scene or anything like that. He kept his composure. Kids, champ. If, if, if we look at the clip, maybe he's. Uh, it looks like he's ready to punch it. Like I see a little fist. Yeah. <laughs> some it looks like some violence is about to come out. Yeah. That's that, but, but seriously though, that's a bit crazy. I mean, imagine the, like you're playing a robot, and then the robot decides you're going too fast, and then it's your fault. Robot, I'm, robot, I'm torn robot. between like how to actually judge this because on one side, I love the whole like. Yeah, you're injured, but you keep playing, right? Like the hockey grit mentality. And on the other side, it's fucking chess. Like, how soft are you to actually get injured playing chess? Like, it just doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, I can't that's tell if actually... your hero's LeBron James or someone in the NHL. That is, that's <laughs> honestly, that's a really good point. Because if this story gets skimmed over, this could get, this kid can get rinsed for the rest of his life. Broke finger playing chess. If that's the headline only, what are you doing yeah. about it? Matt, I, I wonder, like, what if the robot did it on purpose? It's true. What, what, if, what if this is the first step of like, we're all fucked? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like He's it's like, a chess playing robot that snapped, and then the rest <laughs> of the genes just banded <laughs> together behind this one figure, and then just took over. Like the he AI... has like like audio sensors. The kids like smack talking him or something. He's like, no, I'm gonna teach you a fucking lesson. Let's go. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine the AI now has an ego. <laughs> he's about to be beaten by a seven-year-old and he was like nope <laughs> this is how i end this match quickly <laughs> all right next one juan suato doesn't like money after rejecting a 15-year 440 million dollar extension trade rumors run rampant among rival mlb fan bases as to who will eventually acquire juan soto who are your favorites to land a generational star and what price tag do you think he's actually asking for this is uh this is absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I don't think I think this story should not be about Juan Soto and be about how stupid the money is in baseball. Like imagine um, just imagine an NHL player was even offered half of this. And then they said no. It, like, it's, it it's honestly might be like this is like what four forty. So this is almost like five NHL teams full roster salary. Yeah. In one contract. Mm -hmm. I Man, it's it's way, even way more than that, honestly. Like just just per year, he's at thirty million, right? Like yeah. that's like your first your first line by itself, like right there in the NHL. That makes no sense. Yeah, your first line of a really good team. Yeah, your first line of a team is Crosby, Malkin, and someone else, right? Like yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, this guy's got balls. I can see him going. Um, I mean, when you see a price tag like that, you have to assume like the big the the big players. Like your your Yankees, your Red Sox, your Dodgers. Um, I think I, I read a quick article. Maybe the the Cardinals are being considered as well. Um, if he's not coming to Toronto, just stay the fuck away from the AL East. That's all I want. That's all I want. Please. I would love it if if this was like the moment in time where like the Oakland A's were like, "This is what we pay money for." <laughs> No, I this was just going to say for. that, actually. And, like, they go all in on one player, right? Just like, you know what? We've been a budget team our entire life, but this is the moment. Oh, my. This is actually a great idea. Moneyball part two. Forget the money. We're just going all in. <laughs> all right. And our last one for today, Kyler of Duty. 
an interesting trend has been brought up on Twitter, uh, correlating Kyler Murray's on-field performance as it relates to the annual release of the Call of Duty series. And it seems to be a pretty recurring pattern, essentially, in how his performance has been, where the orange line is when the Call of Duty game actually comes out, and the blue dots are the fantasy points for each of those different games and everything. The correlation is honestly pretty like significant like this is strange how very specific it actually is in terms of the trend this is so this was brought up because of that uh that stipulation in his contract where he has to spend four hours of individual film review time i think it was something along those lines but there's two parts of these graphs that make me laugh so in this first one 2019 this was clearly the year that he discovered call of duty because those first three games after it came out he was still good and then plummeted so that's when he discovered what call of duty was and he was like oh man like i don't need football i can just do this all day (laughs) that was yeah you you, honestly that that first graphic was pretty yeah yeah it showed the trend of someone who's getting into a game where they're dabbling oh i could play here and there play here and there Oh fuck! I'm hooked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I can't. 2020. It's the same story, right? Like immediately after it comes out, he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, I fucked up last year. I played too much and everything. I'll just do a little bit, try it out, see how it is, and then immediately gets hooked all over again." And yeah, exactly. The hole you go. 2020. Uh, 2020 was the okay. I'll try my best. Last one week and stuff. <laughs> and in 2021, yeah, you know it was just fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I can't even say I blame him. When I first got introduced to Call of Duty and uh, Nazi Zombies, I don't think I went to school for an entire semester. I'm not sure <laughs> I saw the sun for like a month, so I'm not about to be pointing fingers. Oh man, that's amazing. I kind of so now that we've seen this graph for Kyler Murray and Call of Duty, I want to see Patrick Line in Fortnite. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Someone's got to get that out. Oh, 100%. It's probably going to be so much worse. It's just going to be a I'm going the wrong way in the camera. It's just going to be like this. Yeah, every time there's a brand new patch update and everything, it just tanks his performance. Then it kind of quiets down and spikes back up. Yeah, exactly. Road trips are suddenly worse because you have more time in the hotel to do nothing. That's amazing. I Whoever put that up, I mean, I'm not sure if he's a hero or just like, what are you doing with your time? But at the same, like, fair enough. Fair. Th- that's really funny. Really, really funny. And that's going to be our show for this week, boys. Thanks for covering for uh, Terry and Pease. You guys did a great job over here. Anything fun this week, Matt, uh, articles or content that you're working on? Uh, yeah, the CF Montreal play on Saturday. Um, and then got the AEW article dropped uh, this morning. Big show coming up tomorrow night. And uh, oh, Saturday's my birthday. Awesome. Well, happy we birthday. That's yeah. great. Happy early birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my my favorite soccer team play on my birthday for the first time and probably the only time ever because of the World Cup being in Qatar and how the World Cup should be right now, but it's a billion degrees in Qatar, so it's going to happen in December. So the, uh, the season got moved up a little bit, and uh, I'm going to watch the boys play on my birthday, so it's sick. That's the plan. Uh, anything awesome. new for you right now? Basically doing nothing no. with the NHL? You know, waiting for the NHL, um, trying to get out of busy, busy season at work, which both line up perfectly. So for now, I'm uh, I'm furiously trying to break 90 at the golf course, and it's not going well. So uh, 
I'm, I'm usually cruising till about hole 13, and then it gets in my head. I'm like, okay, today could be the day I could break 90, and then it's an instant implosion. Instant. <laughs> and uh, we're going we're to get there one day. When I, when I do, you guys will know. Look forward to it. All right, awesome. Uh, we'll be hearing back from Terry and Pease when they get back from their European vacations. Uh, as for now, I have been the Eagle of Master Control. Thank you all for letting me be myself, but also Pease for letting him be himself, Pease self, something like that. This works in concept, not in reality. Okay, bye! Bye, guys. <laughs>